0: pray right now together father we love you jesus we thank you father lord jesus we've come here for one purpose and one reason nor less to lift up and to magnify and to glorify Your name. We've come to bring something to You, God. We've come to bring to You ourselves, O oh God. We've come to bring to You our empty hearts, O oh God, that need, oh God. We need uh, something from You today, Lord, but we want to bring something to You, God. We want to bring to You our very selves, our very lives, O oh God. Uh, we, are, we acknowledge right now that we are not our own, O oh God, uh, that we don't belong to ourselves, that we're not in charge of ourselves right now, Lord or ever, Lord Jesus, but that You are in complete control. And so, God, we come here, Lord, bringing a willing sacrifice, a willing praise, O God. Lord, that You would be lifted up, that You would be glorified. Lord Jesus, we have every breath in us because of You, O God. You have allowed our hearts to beat. You've allowed us to have a clear mind and a clear conscience. You've allowed us to have ears, O God, naturally ears uh, and natural eyes to see and to hear with. Uh, you've allowed us to have health in our bodies, oh God. Uh, Lord, You've allowed us the privilege and the honor of coming before You today uh, in this place, oh God. Uh, not just to be seen of man, oh God. Uh, we want You to know that we love You, God. We want You to know that we adore You. Uh, we want You to know that we return that love back to You, God. Uh, we love You with all of our hearts, soul, mind, and strength, our being, O God, our focus is on You, God, Lord, that You would allow us to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, that You would allow us to lay aside every care and concern. You are the great healer, O God. If we don't do anything else today, O God, we're going to believe You, God, for mighty healings and miracles and signs and wonders, O God, among us, in us, and through us, O God. Oh, God, there's nothing, absolutely nothing that You can't accomplish, oh, God, through Your people. Oh, God, there is absolutely nothing that You cannot accomplish through Your people. Lord, help us to come in here with faith, with hunger, with desire, with thirst. They that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Fill us today, Lord, with desire. Fill us today, Lord, with hunger. Fill us today, Lord, with urgency, fill us today, Lord, with faith. Oh God, no robasiki, arasiki, no 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 bakia, rasai. Eka ya na dakato era da bakota ye karasa ye. Hokona si ki era sa ti ye. Have Your way among us today. Have Your way among us right now, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, fill this place with Your angels, O oh God, Your ministering angels, O oh God. Fill this place and surround it, O oh God. Let there be a flow, O oh God, that goes out of this place. Let there be a flow that goes out of us. Let there be a flow that goes out the doors of this building, O oh God. Hallelujah! It's Your desire, Lord, to use this congregation to accomplish great things for Your kingdom, O oh God. HALABO KONDOROS <laughs> HE KIERA KIEROSA Jesus, uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus, 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 uh, Jesus. Let's just love Him right now. Let's just love Him right now. Let's just love Him right now. Oh, Jesus, we love You. We love You. We love You. We love You, God. We love You, God. Hallelujah. Oh, God, enter in, oh, God, to the praises of Your people, oh, God. Inhabit right now, Oh, God. We set up a throne, O oh God of glory, by our worship and by our praise. Go ahead and worship. Worship him. Go ahead and worship him. Hara bas kandara bas Worship him from deep of the kota bas <laughs> kaiye. Yamasanda <laughs> katta 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 kanda bas kaiye. Hara kandara see. Worthy God, 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 worthy God. Worthy God, worthy God. Halana masakatana masiki and anana maie. Ea namasiki and anana masiki are kia tatana maie. Ea da diki and masi. Have your way, God. Hallelujah. Halada de ada da kia da 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 We need you to have your way, God We need you to have your way, God We need you to have your way, God Hallelujah, hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah Jesus Jesus' name, Jesus' name, as I was meditating on this this lesson this week and just driving back and forth to work, I felt the Lord impress upon me uh, this scripture and this thought and, and I just feel like that He wants me to just read this right now and and this is for somebody in this, this place. Somebody needs to receive this. And it's in the book of Jude, verse 17 through 23, and it's talking about keeping yourselves in the love of God. It says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These, these be they who separate themselves essential, having not the Spirit, but ye, beloved, build, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ under eternal life. And of some, have compassion, making a difference. And on other, and others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Amen. And then also Matthew 12, 28 to thirty-one says, And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which of the first commandment is which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and he And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And so he wanted me to say that we're not supposed to just receive his love. And just let it just stop right there. We want to receive His love. I receive His love, but He doesn't want it to stop there. We're supposed to share His love with others, but even more than that, we're supposed to return His love back to Him. You ever love somebody and they won't love you back? That's how you think God feels. When we just receive His love and go on about our merry way and go on about our business and do our own thing, and we never really return His love back to Him, we never really stop to... To just give him all the praise and glory and the honor. And that's what And that's what he's what he's asking us to do. We just read where it says to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's your everything. That's everything. That's everything. That's everything. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Every part of your being. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in a relationship with my Heavenly Father. But even more than that, I want to be in what I would call an approved relationship. One that He approves of. Don't you want the Lord to approve of your relationship with Him? We can't be weary and well-doing. If we extend the time and effort on a soul... Even if they walk away, it's not in vain. Amen? It's not in vain. Don't be discouraged. Don't be weary and well-doing. Paul ministered and Peter and many other of the disciples ministered to a lot of people who turned away. And so we gotta, we got to keep our focus. God's going to do great things out of this congregation. God's going to do great things out of this congregation. God is going to do great things out of the people that are sitting in this room right now. But it's not going to be because of who you are. It's not going to be because of how great you are. It's not going to be because of how cool you are and how profound with your words that you are. It's going to be because of you making yourself Submitting yourself, making yourself available to Him for Him to do it through you. Because your flesh is going to say, I can't do that. You're asking too much, God. But that's why He's asking of you. Because He knows you can't do it by yourself. He needs you to be His vessel, He needs you to be His conduit. You know what a conduit is, right? A pipe. Or a cup with the bottom knocked out. But the conduit needs to be clean, doesn't it? Let us have clean hands and a pure heart. got to love God, the Bible says, with a pure heart fervently. God, I don't want anything to get stuck in the pipe to get in the way of what you want to do through me. And that's what he's trying through this lesson and through all that's coming across this desk is, is to get us to the place where we begin to realize he's waiting for us. God could save fifty-one thousand people in this city tomorrow if He wanted to. <laughs> he could just bypass us altogether, but that's not how we—that's not how God works. You look in your, from the New Testament, Old Testament through the New Testament. He's always worked through people. Even before there was a Holy Ghost or baptism in Jesus' name, He always worked through vessels, people that were making themselves available and willing to do what He said to do. Build an ark. If God said build an ark, go build an ark. Don't ask a bunch of questions. Just go do it. Oh, God, I can't. Yeah, I know you can't. Just go get the wood. I'll show you. I'll give you the plans in your head and, and you can do it. Imagine being that guy. Hallelujah. Exploring God's Word. So what what was one of the things that I said that we needed to do at every lesson? When we show up in the... And the the candidate or whoever it is shows up, or we show up at their house. What are we supposed to do in the first couple minutes? Review, rehash. So that's what we're going to do. So what what did we what did we talk about last week? Now you can you have to imagine yourself, and and I'm just going to give you a little a little plug here. And I said something about having Bibles, but you need to have some notebooks. You need to go buy some notebooks. You need to go buy some pens. And you need to have all that stuff ready. And you need to, you need to tell that person. Now, I was told this when I first got in church, and I, and I really wasn't told it. I looked around, and all these people had notebooks and pens out. So <laughs> the next service, I showed up with a steno pad and a pen. Because <laughs> if they're taking notes, and they're here, and then that must be what I need to do. And so we need to encourage people when we're teaching them a Bible study to have a notebook and to be ready. And, and you need to encourage them when you're when you're teaching the Bible study. When, when it begins, you need to say, "Now, if you have any questions, just write those down. At the end of the lesson, we'll go over those questions." Okay? Does that make sense? Of course it does. Because you don't want to get distracted in the middle of your Bible study, but you don't want to you don't want to just push off the questions either. Because if you imagine yourself being that sinner. I had I had lots of questions, right? Lots of questions. I still do. Amen. And so, it's not a bad thing to want to ask questions. We just need to, you know, to to have the thing flow. Amen. And so, lack of knowledge of God's word. We talked about. And have what's a what's a lack of knowledge of God's word? We talked about Eve not having a full knowledge of God's word. What did that ha- What happened because of that? She got deceived. If that can happen to Eve, that can happen to you. So you gotta be you gotta know what this book says. You gotta study the lesson out for yourself. You gotta know know that you know that you know what this book says. And you gotta understand too that you're flesh. And you, you're not gonna have an answer for everything. None of us do. There's probably a lot of stuff you could just stump me on right now. <laughs> really, I mean that. And so uh, I'm not there yet, but I'm striving to get there. And so that's, in a a way, what you're doing when you hand them a notebook and a pen and a Bible, you're encouraging them to study it for themselves. Because ultimately, they're going to have to know it for themselves. You're not trying to win them to you. You're not trying to win them to the church. You're trying to win them to Jesus. And the, the best way for them to find that is to find the truth for themselves. To be reading that scripture and the, and the revelation of God hit them, and they go, Wow, I see, I remember that. I see baptism in Jesus' name. I remember where I was sitting. That building, that house isn't there anymore. They tore it down, but I could take you to the spot if it was still there where I was sitting when that happened. I remember it like it was yesterday. Satan attacks God's motives and plans. And the minute you start doing something, trying to do something for God. He's going to come after you. And all, you know, everything's just been going wonderful in life, and you decide you want to start teaching a home Bible study, and all of a sudden, all hell starts breaking loose. The car breaks down. The grandkids call up, and there's all kinds of problems. There's there's all, just kind of all kinds of problems seem to just crop up all of a sudden. How do you think Job felt? (laughs) It wasn't bad enough that the tornado came and took out all of his kids, then one thing after the other, it seemed like. The devil was just, God was letting the devil just do all that. And God's not going to let you out of that. He's going to test your faith. He's going to test your commitment. He's going to allow you to be tested. So don't just think it's, oh, well, just stuff happens to people. When you're, gonna, when you're getting ready to do something for God, all hell's going to break loose. But stand fast in the faith. And there's a tendency in the spirit for blaming others, even today. It's not my fault. It's how I was raised. It's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. The devil made me do it. And on and on and on. And that what Adam and Eve did? What did Eve do? She blamed the snake. What did Adam do? He blamed his wife. <laughs> God saw right through that. He's <laughs> like, no. No. You're responsible for your own walk. I'm pointing at everybody in this room. And God's going to hold you accountable for your thoughts, for your actions, for your deeds, for your words, for what you do for the kingdom. God's going to hold you accountable. Well, I couldn't because he's not going to accept that as an answer. And trust me, I'm going to tell you right now, when you get before that judgment seat, you're not even going to feel like giving that kind of an answer. Because you're going to be saying that, that that's lame. That's not even going to work. Because you're going to know in your heart of hearts why you didn't. Because he's just going to, I don't know if he's going to pull a physical one out, but he's going to pull his word out and say, what about this? What about this scripture? You had this. Why didn't you do it? Right? So we're going to move on into lesson one, chart five, which Ryan has up. We're going to kind of briefly all go over this real quick. And um, so we actually we've already been doing that. So we it's it's all about the power of choice. I choose to be a Christian. There's a song that says I choose to be like him. Nobody's making me do this. This is how I choose to live. You decide for you and I'll decide for me. What did Joshua say? As for me in my house. And they must have been in agreement. His wife and him. and his, they, must have, they had to have been in agreement. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You do what you want to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what we're going to do. People make those kind of decisions all the time. They're poor decisions, but they make decisions to choose a lifestyle that's not, not inconsistent with what God wants them to do. But that's their choice. That's the beauty and the curse of choice. So we chose to be here today. You had to choose to get out of bed. You had to choose to get up and get dressed and take a shower and make yourself look presentable for, for God, not for us. <laughs> That's true. And so we, we make a choice. So, when we make a choice to serve God with it comes all the stuff that goes with that. We were just talking about Brother Caskey's little text that he sends out. Paul went into Philippi thinking one thing was going to happen, and something totally different happened, and all hell broke loose, and he suffered beatings and all kinds of cruelty, and that was all part of God's plan What's that yeah, and it even said he said in that text that. That even Tertullian later wrote about the church in Philippi, how powerful it was. And so, whew, the Holy Ghost right now. This is a powerful church. We have no idea, folks, what we're capable of. And the devil knows that. And if he's not fighting for no other reason, he does not want us to go out that door and start teaching home Bible studies. Period. He does not want you doing that. He wants you to be satisfied with the same old routine that you've always been involved in. But you've got to decide, I'm not going to do like I've always done. Because that's the definition of what? Insanity. <laughs> you all know what the definition of insanity is, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and trying, expecting a different result. So we've got to do something different. The first judgment. Next slide. Genesis 3 and 8 says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. They didn't even have to try. Now I'm teaching this lesson to you, and this is so you don't have to just read it verbatim out of the book. You can just kind of go with the flow, if you will. Flow with the Holy Ghost. You've already prayed, you've already fasted, you've already prepared yourself. You've prayed but as the person gets there. You pray together, God, let this be for your glory. Let me say the things I need to say. Just pray those things out loud. You're teaching them how to pray. There's just so much going on in a, in a home Bible study. And so this, this just hit me, and they heard the voice of the Lord. They, they they didn't even have to try, Brother Becker. They just heard the voice of God. Just uh, Whenever he spoke, they heard it. It was clear. There was no other voice for them to deal with. And we struggle to hear the voice of God sometimes. We have to work at it. But they got to hear the voice of God every day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord, God, among the trees of the garden. Why did they do that? We know when we've crossed the line and broken one of God's commandments and done something that's not pleasing to him, we know it. Don't we? We know it. And that new convert that's sitting across from you at that kitchen table probably knows that too. They might not be willing to admit it. But if they weren't hungry, if they weren't desiring to know more, they wouldn't even be sitting there. So you have to you have to be use wisdom. The Bible says be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. You got to use wisdom, you don't want to start condemning people where they are. you got to be careful, but people are hungry, people are thirsty people are sometimes people just want to be told where they are and that they're that they shouldn't be there, but they're not going to come out and tell you that. They're just waiting for somebody to tell them there's a better way, but they're they're too shy to come out and ask so if God sets that up in in your home. And you're teaching a Bible study. Be careful. And if it's a husband and wife, but one of you doesn't have to run the Bible study. Switch off, because everybody is in that in the learning process when they're teaching that home Bible study, right? And sister, song, you you might have a perspective on something that your husband doesn't, and vice versa. And God can use that. Hallelujah. And so there were, with this judgment came four curses. There were four curses. And the first curse was the curse on the devil. Genesis three fourteen through 15. We all believe there's a devil, right? That's what you're asking your, your candidate. You believe there's a devil, right? We're going to find out if there is one or isn't. In this Bible study. So Genesis three fourteen through 15 says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, and, and upon the belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and between... In other words, between the evil man influenced by Satan and righteous humanity. Because who's the seed of the devil? Anybody that listens to him and follows him. The devil's out there, not out there having kids. That's what he's talking about. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Isn't that a prophecy right there? I think that might be the first prophecy in the Bible. Who's that talking about? See, it's good to stop right there and go, what, what's he talking about right there? Where it says, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Who's, that, who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? Jesus Christ. And we know that Satan tried to bruise his heel, but what did Jesus do? Bruised his head. We know that. And so that that was the first curse, the second curse or the effect of the curse on the woman. As a, as this Bible study goes, Genesis 3:16 says, "And unto the woman he said, and then and God had done everything by speaking up to this point, so he was still speaking. And when God says something, that's it. It's done. When God if God says it, that settles it. Doesn't matter if you believe it or not. <laughs> It really doesn't matter if you believe it or not. Somebody used to say, if God said it, I believe it, that settles it. But the I believe it part doesn't matter. God's spoken, that's it. And unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow, your, or thy physical pain and toil, in thy, in thy conception. In sorrow shalt thou bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall have rule or in other words have dominion leadership and authority over thee period period does that still stand today that god didn't change his mind he don't he doesn't he doesn't stay he doesn't god's not over here in the feminist camp now where it says women have rights and and that we're not supposed to be walked on by men and all that kind of business that they do. All that stuff is just a lie straight from the pits of hell. Because we're, the, the position and the place of a woman is a place of, of power in and of itself. That place of submission has got, it, you know, its I heard one guy say it's got nothing to do with the length of your hair. It's about submission. It's about your attitude and your mindset of why that's there. The hair in and of itself doesn't mean anything. But it's all about submission to authority. There's a beauty in that. The third curse was the curse of the land. And I wanted to kind of stop there and say, don't let yourself, once again, I'm going to cover this over and over. Don't let yourself get go down a rabbit hole. Stay out of those rabbit holes. Kind of mo- help yourself to move on in the Bible study because you're, you're going to kind of be looking at the clock cuz you're you're going to tell them up front we're going to have a 45 minute bible study and you can't make it an hour and a half unless you unless you deem that they're hungry and they're even then you're going to want to say no but we need to keep it to 45 minutes cuz the brain can only process what the seat can endure is that true now, I've sat under some teachers that taught for two hours, and I I didn't want them to stop after two hours. I was just eating it up. But that's not for everybody. That doesn't mean my seat wasn't hurting, but I just, I didn't care. <laughs> what was being said, what was being poured into me was more important than how my rear end felt. And I can always stand up if I wanted to. Right? Hallelujah. If they got to teach in a long class in the military, that's what they told you. If you feel tired, stand up. And after about an hour, they, you'd see soldiers standing up one at a time. <laughs> at least you weren't falling asleep. Hallelujah. The curse on the land. The third curse. And and uh, Genesis three seventeen through 18. And unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. And then... I made a note here, Adam chose to listen to his wife's voice and not the voice of God. There's lots of voices in our life. You've got to be careful. Because you will listen to your own voice. Oh, that's a good idea. I'm glad I thought of that. But is that what God told you to do? And Adam listened to the voice of his wife. That's not being con- condemnatory toward his wife, but he had a choice. He, he, as the leader, because we just read that scripture, as the leader, he could have said, "Hold on a minute." He could, I mean, he could have even stopped her, but he didn't. And so, a little part of Adam wanted a little bite of that too. He was just looking for an excuse. Amen. And hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. So this, apparently to me anyway, the way I read this is that before all this happened, there was no toil in the field. There was no weeds and thorns and thistles. There was none of this stuff. And God took all that away when they sinned in the garden. They didn't have to toil. All they had to do was just walk through the garden and pick a piece of fruit and eat it. They didn't have to do anything. Just be there. And now they're going to have to work for their food. They're going to have to dig dig the ground up. And they're going to have to toil and sweat and all these things just because they sinned. Just because they disobeyed God. Just because they decided they were going to do things their own way. And, you know, that was... I'm trying to remember where that's at in Jeremiah or Isaiah where it says... Uh, talking about Satan where it says that, that an iniquity was found in him. Because what did Satan want to do? He wanted to be... He was sick and tired of God making all the decisions. He wanted to make a decision. And it wasn't his right or authority to do that. He had his place. He stepped out of his place and tried to step in God's role. And God said, that's it. You're out of here. And I don't want to find myself in that place. You know, God's got us here for this Bible study. And I want to find God's will. That's why we're here. Amen. The effect of the curse on man. Genesis 3.19 And in sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken. Out of the ground we were taken. For dust thou art, and dust thou shalt return. Unto dust thou shalt return. And they say that at a lot of funerals. Remember, man, that you were dust, and to dust you shall return. And that's exactly what happens. Our bodies begin to deteriorate. Our physical bodies and end up turning into dust. And so before the fall of man... <coughs> Everything was great. And now today, because of the decision of one individual, two individuals, we have to toil in childbirth. We have to toil and sweat just to have a decent-looking lawn. We, get, we can't seem to get all the, the, the dandelions and all the stuff out of our yard. We get them over there, and they start popping up over there. And we, just, we don't even think about that sometimes as being a result of sin in the garden. That's the result of sin in the garden. that's why you drive down i ninety and you see these farm fields and you see a field full of wheat or a field full of corn and right in the middle of it there's a big old weed sticking up. Jesus talked about that don't don't pull those things out, let them grow together the wheat and the tares. amen hallelujah, Jesus and um. At the end of this whole this whole Bible study, I'm gonna I was talking to my wife. I think I'm gonna give everybody a copy of this cheat sheet that I got online. I'm just gonna print off copies and give them to you. If you want a digital copy, I'll send it to you. Because I know everybody in here at some point is gonna be teaching a Bible study. So I know you're gonna want to have it because I like it. It's it's got a, got a lot of good notes and it got went to a lot of trouble to put this together. Amen. So as I said earlier, we need to pray for the Bible study. We need to pray before the Bible study. We need to pray while we're at the Bible study. You even need to be praying while you're teaching the Bible study. Maybe have your wife sitting there praying under her breath while you're teaching the Bible study. Because it's a God thing. We need to to take it before God and just say, God, I need you to help me do my best. Because every soul is precious to him, the Bible says. Every soul. Every soul. Every soul. Who does that include? Everyone. You can think of the, from one extreme to the other, and everything in between. Every soul, no matter what they look like, no matter what they smell like, act like, what, what their history is, where they come from, who their mama is, who their daddy, it doesn't matter. God doesn't care about all that. He sees a soul. And that we read that scripture that says that that one if one soul repents, the angels in heaven rejoice. It doesn't it doesn't give any qualifications of what that soul looks like. Amen. So from Genesis to Revelation, there's always been a plan. I'm reading a little bit off of the cheat sheet. Uh, there has always been a plan and always a set of criteria for being in a relationship with God. This is the first plan. The first plan was don't eat the fruit off that tree. That's all they had to do. He said, of every tree in the garden, I can freely eat. Now, I don't know about you. I can't imagine what that was like. But just imagine every kind of tree that you could eat fruit off of persimmon tree and just you just there's ones I don't even know about and can't think of, but everything that you would want to eat, he provided it. And there's not a lot of discussion in this in this lesson about time frame, but there must have been some time have passed for a while. You know, and eventually Adam and Eve got to the point where they just kept looking at that tree of life, tree of knowledge of good and evil, and they just—you ever done that? You know, I, I know I'm serving God, and I know that that we live holy and righteous and separated and all these things. But I wonder—I just wonder what it would feel like, just to do that, just once. Just to go to just—just just to go to a, a bar, just once. Nobody— nobody's ever thought that in here. Nobody, nobody's willing to admit they've ever thought. But the devil is a liar, and he'll, he'll, he'll drop those thoughts in your mind. Like a friend of mine used to say, an idle mind is the workshop of the devil. And he's looking for somebody he can drop that thought in, and, and having a thought like that is not a sin. Having a temptation is not a sin. It's when you it's when you decide to go with it. Yeah, 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 I'll go with that, devil. And then then you just took it from him and made it your own. Now you've taken it upon yourself. He takes his hands off of it, it's yours now. And so God knew that man was gonna fall. Well you why did he then why did he create If he knew they were going to fall. That's a fair question. I don't know. He doesn't talk about that. He had a plan. He wanted to create man. So he did it. But he already had a plan to redeem man. And if he wrote that in the book of Genesis. If he told that man to write that in the book of Genesis. He already had a plan. Because there had to be somebody in God's plan going forward for there to be there for the devil to bruise and for him to bruise the devil and we know that the bible says that that calvary was planned from the foundation of the world it was already in the mind of god on the day he spoke the first thing into existence he already knew that linda rudy would be sitting here in 2022 on the second row back he already knew that the beckers would be sitting over there and that'd be standing up here he already knew all that how did he know that because he knows what the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end so he already knows the end of your life and you don't, you're not even there yet he's already been at your funeral he's already been there if you have one <laughs> some of us may not have a funeral hallelujah I'd like to skip the funeral and go straight to rapture. Just skip jail, skip go and go get my $200 and hallelujah. Man, I can't imagine walking with God in the garden. But I, what I can imagine is walking with God right now. And it does take effort. It does. And you can tell you're, the person you're teaching the Bible that flesh don't want to be here. There's a lot of Sundays, you've said this, I'd I'd just as soon stay home, watch it on the web. <laughs> Can't do that when I'm teaching, but, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> yep, we could just do a Zoom meeting and we could all just stay home, right? Yeah. But God wants us to come together. Amen. So God's first promise was that he was going to save his people. Amen? I thank God for that. Don't you? I really do. I really thank God for that. He looked down my faults and saw my need. Amen? And so Adam and Eve were driven from the garden. And God set an angel in front of the The entrance to that garden that's there today. And so here we are. All the way down that road, here we are still living with the results of the decisions of one man and one woman that God created. And He didn't just create man, but He formed him of the dust of the ground. And He breathed into us the breath of life. That's why I pray that prayer almost nearly every day, God, that... I thank you that you gave me breath. He let my lungs go in and out, up and down while I was sleeping. He let me have that breath. He let my heart beat. I didn't have to wake up every few seconds and tell my heart to beat while I was sleeping. It just did. And so in Him we live and move and have our being. And so we have, on this earth, we have a purpose. it's our job to obey that great commission this is not in the Bible study this is just for you it's our job it doesn't your age doesn't matter you you can't get your shovel out and shovel that to the adults and say well that's for the adults yeah I'm talking to y'all <laughs> you can teach a Bible study all of you Ever, anybody ever heard of Bible study in a bag? That's <laughs> for young people. There's no no excuse that you can come up with in this room, and me included, me included. This, I'm not just pointing this all at you and saying, you know, we should be doing that. And I want you to think about this. If we're not winning people if we're not even trying to win people to God, are we obeying God? Or are we being disobedient to God? Are we not are we doing not doing what we should be doing? And if God came today, would we be judged for that? Just asking a question. You got to answer that for yourself. I know what I think, I know what I believe. So Adam and Eve had these two sons from the fall to the flood, from the fall to the flood. Adam and Eve had these two sons. What were their names? Cain and Abel. And just like two children today that you have in your home, they were two totally different people. And and so Cain and Abel they had this this thing going on where they were bringing a sacrifice. And they were required to bring a sacrifice. And so Cain brought his version of what he thought was a good sacrifice and Abel brought his version of what he thought was a good sacrifice and it would it would stand to reason that they were being taught by somebody on what was a good sacrifice so what where did so so Abel brought what did he bring as a a, a sacrifice he brought a he killed an animal right so when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and they realized that they were naked, what did they do? They went and found fig leaves to cover themselves. So we know inherently that that we need to cover ourselves. That's that's just built in. So when people won't cover themselves, there's a there's a spiritual problem going on in their life. I'm just going to say that. We we can't look at them and judge them. They don't know any better. Brother Wayne and I were talking about that, having that blurry vision. They they can't see clearly. And my heart goes out to people that I see like that because they just can't see clearly. If they could see themselves through the eyes that God's looking through, they would not be doing what they're doing. I was there once. And so God came and he slew an animal so that he could make skins to cover them he's he said that's that's a great idea those fig leaves but that's not enough you need to be covered so he made them coats out of dead animal skins and so that was the sacrifice that i believe that adam and eve were teaching to their children and so that same spirit that that same sin that same spirit that caused adam and eve to decide to do what they wanted to do, is that same spirit that somehow or another got passed on to both Cain and Abel. But Cain decided to to go with it. Abel decided to be obedient. And so Cain brought a sacrifice because he was a tiller of the ground, right? He was a gardener. And so he thought, well, I'll just bring the sacrifice I want to bring. Cause I, this, uh, just God, this is good enough. Just because I say so. This is just Vince kind of reading. I'm reading into it, okay? Just. But that's what if I was Cain, that was that would have been my attitude. I know that that mom and dad, I know you taught us to bring a, 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 a kill an animal, bring it. But I don't feel like doing it that way. I think we should do it this way. Has that ever happened in a church? Pastor, yeah, I know that we've been doing this for, for decades, but why, why don't we just do it this way instead? Because over there they're doing it that way, and it doesn't seem to be a problem with God. But the man of God says, just because everybody's jumping off a bridge doesn't mean you have to. Right? And so God did not accept Cain's offering. There was a spiritual difference there between those two brothers, and so what did what did Cain do? He blamed somebody else. It, Cain said it wasn't my fault. It's that brother of mine's fault. He made me look bad by bringing the right sacrifice. So what did he do? He killed him. And let me tell you something, God, you can't get away with anything. I'm sorry, but you can. you might think you're doing it in darkness, but God's going to bring it to the light. And I'm kind of getting off the Bible study a little bit, but but we need to emphasize this to people. God sees what's going on in this world. If you can bring it down to modern day, God sees what's going on in this world with All this stuff with Roe v. Wade and with all this lifestyle choices. And he sees all that. Just like he saw Sodom and Gomorrah and all that stuff going on. He sees all this. He's aware of it. You know, we don't have to remind God of anything. I like to remind him of his promises. God, you said that your angels encamp around about them that fear you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on to that one, God. And so when I pray at night, I say thank you, God, for your angels that encamp around about me, because I fear you. And so I don't I don't go to I don't go to sleep worrying about stuff. I just go to sleep, because I His angels are encamped around about me. I don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> angels are some bad. I mean, they're just man. There's some all the stories I've ever read about angels except for the the ones that fell from heaven are just they're always on time they're right there and they're they're tough. you don't want to mess with an angel amen so we got to be careful this is what you're telling that that person we God sees our life God sees God sees where you are right now. God knows what you're thinking while I'm talking. Oh that brother Demuth he don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and if I don't, if I'm offline, this man's going to correct me. Am I right? If he you better, you better if I if I'm out if I'm out of that book, you better. Cuz I'm 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 fallible. We're all fallible. We're right? We're all fallible. God wants to do great things through His church. He's waiting on us. <laughs> if you're waiting on God, <laughs> He's waiting on you. Amen. So we're going to continue this next week, good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. And uh, we'll see what God will do. And if I find favor with God and the pastor, I might be back up here next Sunday. Let's all stand. Father, we thank you for this awesome opportunity. I hope that's something I've said today, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I hope I've spoken your will. I, I pray that I've spoken what you wanted me to speak, Father. Lord, even though I felt like I struggled a little bit, Lord Jesus, I felt like what I was saying was from you, Father. And so I pray your people, O oh God, would feel, Lord Jesus, what your conviction is upon their life, O oh God, that you would stir their hearts. Have them, O oh God, to be mighty vessels of honor for you, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, show us the great things that you can do through us. Oh, God, let us operate in that faith you've given us. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You get a couple of minutes extra. I purposely tried to keep this to 45 minutes for a reason. Because I've I got to practice that if I'm going to tell you 45 minutes and I take an hour. That's not fair. <laughs> Right. It's not. So unless there's kids downstairs, we're going to try to keep it to forty five minutes. Just. Just because. Hallelujah. You're you're released until 1045. Hallelujah.